You're listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 177, Side B. Side B, baby. This is the Gibby Five Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today, the things you loved yesterday, and maybe some things that you didn't even know that existed yesterday and found by accident, such as the movie this week. My name is Nipples McCutcheon, and I'm joined by Scrotor the Magnificent. Behold my magnificent Scrotosh. It's glorious. It is. If you I guys could see if for you. if you guys could see what I'm seeing right now, you too would want to gouge out your eyes. <laughs> so this is a side B episode. Hopefully you listen to the side A episode. And we're so excited that you had to get to side B so that we could uh you know, you could hear us talk about the Toby Hooper movie, which is, as I've heard people say, and I kind of figured this out on my own, it is a spiritual sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's not an actual sequel, but it kind of lives in the same world. What? Just what? You don't you don't believe so? A spiritual sequel? It's like it. People act and exist in a certain way. It's more of a. It feels like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Light. Let me finish. <sighs> okay. It's called the Fun House. <laughs> And uh, we're also going to answer our Give Me Five question of the week related to the Funhouse. Now you're allowed to speak, Rob. It, it was a house. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how fun it was. A bunch of... Yeah, well, at the start of the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to die. Yep, yep, that person's going to die too. Yeah, well, that, these are spoilers, so let, let's warn them about that first. And then we can actually immediately talk about who we thought was going to die early on. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know what? I just spoiled some stuff. We're probably going to spoil some more stuff. But ultimately, this movie came out, what, three decades ago? 1981. Oh, my God. Four decades. I can't even count. Mm-hmm. God, this movie is 40 years old. Yeah. So this movie came out four decades ago, so if you're mad that we spoiled it, yeah, suck it up. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> don't be a bitch. I... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, the movie we are talking about, it is, we've said it before, it is The Fun House. It came out March 13th, 1981, so a week ago. But 1981. Was the it, 40th anniversary? Oh God, old. You're so effing old. Yeah, I was about to say 30th anniversary, but that is incorrect. Oh my God. Uh, it is directed by Toby Hooper, who directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed the Funhouse, and then directed Poltergeist. Uh, it is starring Elizabeth Barrage, who looked like she was 12. Sean she Car- really did. Sean Carson, Jack McDermott, Cooper Huckabee. Um, did you recognize him? Cooper Huckabee was the um, the big jockey boyfriend. Did you recognize him at all? The big jockey? You mean the guy who looked like he was like 30? He was actually 30. Dating the 12-year-old? Also true. She was actually 18, but he was 30. But did you recognize him? He actually has a very long storied career. I did not. He played, and I... I'm pretty sure this is the character, but he played John Lee Mickens on True Blood, which I think was the um, the preacher guy that was like kind of trying to start up the anti-vampire cult. Oh, that was molesting all the kids. Uh, let's see, John Lee Mickens. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. He was the the father. He he was the father of Sam and Tommy, so he was the the father of the the dog guy. If you remember him. With like the kind of the tall, thin guy with the sunken cheeks, that was him. 
but he's done a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Um, a lot of genre films. So, uh, he was in Gettysburg. Actually, he was in Gettysburg with a bunch of um, people from this movie, of oh all things. Oh, my God. There was another oh, wasted time movie. Somebody fell asleep at the editing wheel on that one. Uh, Gettysburg? Yeah. Oh, no. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm not... Another Civil War movie. That was Gods and Generals. Never mind. Not Gettysburg. Yeah. Yeah, Gettysburg was pretty good. I think I actually watched. I think we watched that in uh, high school history class, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, no, Gods husband. and Generals was the really long, super boring one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're not wrong. Okay. So anyway, uh, starring all these people, including uh, David Carson, starring as Geek. <laughs> that is his official credit in IMDb. Wow. The synopsis. Four teenagers visit a local carnival for a night of innocent amusement. They soon discover, however, there is nothing innocent or amusing there at all. I don't know that it was all innocent amusement, because I think they were there to shag, baby. That's innocent and amusing. No, well, not when you're 30 and she's 12. <laughs> Looks 12. And is 30. <laughs> oh. So what'd you think? Um, Initial thoughts. It surprisingly wasn't wasn't a terrible movie. I mean, I I didn't I it had better production value than than a lot of the ones that we've seen. It it had actual I guess I'd say decent acting even if they were kind of like uh over the top simple. Mm-hmm. Um not that they not that they were stupid. It was just that it was it was really just kind of basic. The dialogue wasn't all that much. It was it was kind of a a say what you think kind of time. Um, if you go back and look at like the cartoons of the early '80s, where they they narrate everything. Yeah. Um, I mean that was that was kind of what you were looking at in the way of dialogue at that point. And so I mean, all in all, it, it wasn't. Terrible. I'm gonna go on this Ferris wheel. Yeah. yeah okay. And, you go on that Ferris wheel. I am it, on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, it it was actually it actually experienced a wide release, right? This was actually a movie that was out in theaters. Is that it correct? was, and it it did fairly well. It hit number two. Oh damn! All right, people were hurting for some horror or something. I guess it was it was horror crazy time. Like horror did very well at this time. And <laughs> and. The, the, like I said, the movie itself wasn't wasn't terrible, it, which is a problem, by the way. What because it wasn't terrible? Like I enjoy I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good, but it makes it really hard to talk about because it's just kind of baseline good. Yeah, well, I mean, there'll be a couple of things that we mentioned. I mean, like oh, yeah. the, um, the the inception the inception bullshit of the mask inside the mask. I was like, oh, he takes off his mask and he's got another mask on. Oh my god, what? <laughs> It's crazy. Um, the uh, the psychopathic killer was. I mean, I felt kind of lacking. Um, I mean, he was just kind of like disfigured. Mm-hmm. But it, I I saw in your notes you actually commented on something that I was like, oh, damn, what is because I, and I find myself watching movies, you know comparing them to nowadays and going holy shit how did they get that shot they didn't have drones back then <laughs> yes <laughs> i thought that was i that was my favorite part of the movie actually they had this they had this really nice high crane shot of her little brother wandering through the carnival as it's closing down mm-hmm. and i i kid you not i was watching the scene and i'm like they didn't they didn't have drones back then and it doesn't look like they've got like a helicopter because i mean it could be accomplished it could be accomplished like like the the scene in the Lost Boys, I believe, was accomplished with a helicopter, which was why you saw all the wind. You yeah, know what I'm talking yeah. about the the uh, overhead scene where they like pick mm-hmm. people up out of the car and throw them. I believe that was accomplished with a helicopter, which was why you saw all the wind. But this one, there was like no wind, and the camera was like really high. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, let's uh, you know, let's just talk about that now. I was um, I had that you know in there uh, for a little bit later, but might as well. So this shot, uh, shot by Andrew Laszlo, who. Uh, went on to do First Blood and uh, Streets of Fire, which I haven't seen. But they picked uh, Toby Hooper picked him because he really liked working with vibrant color, which was hard back then because you had to do it in the the camera. You had to do, you couldn't just put it into a computer and say be brighter. You know, you had to get it right in the chemical rooms and stuff. Right. So because it was a carnival and a fun house, he wanted bright color. 
Okay. Also, he always required there to be a crane on on scene. And that shot was, for a horror movie of this level, was, I thought was great. Because there's, there's actually stuff going on. Like, I don't know if you, like, you probably saw it, but there's, you know, like, a group of people that were kind of gathering underneath the, the funnel cake stand mm-hmm. as the kids walking around. There's yeah, just, there, was, there was definitely action going on, because I was actually going, so are they driving, like, a boom or something through this mm-hmm. thing, or... or or was it like a like a giant stationary crane that they had yeah, like a There's people a rolling up stuff, there's people picking up trash, there's like it was really interesting. And I have a like a weird thing. It's I've always had this is when there's something that's supposed to yeah, have you probably see a doctor. Yeah, yeah. When there's something that's supposed to be like lively and you're there like after it's shut down. Mm-hmm. It's like such a weird feeling of loss, especially like like for example a restaurant when it's like it's closing time you and your friends close it out and you see them like kind of cleaning up the chairs and all that and it's like you know the chairs are all flipped up on the table and all that and you're like man 10 minutes ago there was 30 people in here and now it looks like it hasn't been open for days and like seeing them them shut that down just gave me such a feeling of like oh he's like stuck like this poor kid like this poor kid it just always it's always been this weird feeling or or how about one that we've experienced multiple times shutting down halloween horror nights yeah that's exactly it and you're like you know, the people are going home from work and they're, you know, they're kind of shuffling you out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we'll talk about Blockbuster or we just, we, <laughs> wink, wink, just talked about Blockbuster on our first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, closing that down. Um, even there was, there's a song uh, called Famous Last Words by Billy Joel that was talking about, and it's one of the, you know, those resort type places that are only open for one season, right. like in upstate New York, and it's a summer resort and the rest of the time it's just empty. Like, like that kind of thing. Like in um The Shining? Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Always is such like a lonely, depressing place. So that just it totally set the mood for me. And that was e- I'm glad you brought it up too, because that was easily my favorite shot of the whole thing. Which is weird because it was just a exposition shot. Right. And 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 to be fair, the movie itself wasn't bad, but that was a really well placed and set up shot. Mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna lie. Um, but all in all, I mean, the, the, the movie was, the movie was enjoyable. I didn't feel like it was a waste. It, the, the story was a little, eh, I mean, but, and, and Thin. I mean, I guess that was, that was a ongoing thing in the early eighties was the, uh, the kids sneaking away and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. You know, parents being gullible and like, oh, I'm staying at Sammy's house or I'm staying at Alice's house and you know. Nobody bothers to check or anything like that. Yeah, they're really hiding in a funhouse overnight. Yeah. Yeah. My, so I didn't know this movie existed. I mean, I did, but I never paid attention to it. I do remember the, the VHS cover at the store with the clown, like, leaning out of the box, but I never thought about it. I didn't realize it was Toby Hooper. I did find it for two reasons, however. Uh, one, because I saw someone online from, like, a horror Twitter thing had wrote that it was the 40th anniversary of the mm-hmm. film last week. And also, I like coincidentally, I was um I've been listening to a podcast about the band The Stooges and Iggy Pop, and one of their early albums is called Funhouse, as well as okay. the the house that they all lived in and recorded in was called The Funhouse. So just like I just happened to key in on that word, I'm like, "You know what? I usually don't pick the the horror movies all that much. I will uh, pick the horror movie." Um, so, since this was a horror movie, of course it did have gratuitous nudity. Very early. It did. Very early. And it was incestual nudity. I was like... What movie did we see that had that recently? Where the the little brother was just oddly trying to, like, look at the sister or grope the sister? Oh, 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 God. And they ended up on the bed or something? Yes. Like, arguing. And we were both like, that's not appropriate. It wasn't Hobgoblins, I don't think. Was it Elves? Uh, it might have been. I think it was Elves. I think it was Elves. Yeah, good memory. Yeah. So, there was that. And then this, of course, harkened back to two famous horror movies. So, the, the sister is in the shower. And, of course, you know, 80s movie, so nudity. Uh, and then there's... It references two horror movies. Do you know which ones those are? 
Uh, well, one was obviously Psycho. Yes. And the other one... It's how it was shot, through the mask. Oh, uh, 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 Halloween. Yep. So, done on purpose. Uh, they do this whole sequence where girls in the shower, you see the camera looking through the mask, so it looks like Halloween, which had only come out, like, two years before. And then, of course, you're looking at a knife. The knife goes onto the body. It's not as well shot as Psycho, but the camera kind of, like, goes down. You see the knife bending on the body, and I was like, first, my first reaction was like, wow, that, why would they do a close-up with just a shitty knife? And then she was like, you know, Billy, Jimmy, Joey, whatever the hell your name is, get out of here. I was like, Oh, it was a, it was a fake. That it was, was awesome. A little brother, yeah. A little creepy brother, looking at yeah. his sister naked. Yeah. So, it was kind of a fun little wink at the camera. I I actually kind of thought that was funny, the way they the way they handled that. Um, the uh, I found an interview, at least half of an interview <laughs> with Toby Hooper, who who died in 2014, by the way. Oh, really. Yeah, I didn't. I was unaware of that. Um, the there's a couple things he said. Um, you know, he it says you, the interviewer said, "Let's talk about the opening bit." You throw a knowing wink to both Carpenter's Halloween and Hitchcock's Psycho, which we just talked about. Obviously, you are cognizant of the type of film you were doing, but you make it entirely your own, which makes the opening a bit peculiar. Um, he said it was a, uh, my idea. Hooper said it was my idea to do them. And I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do. I didn't want to appear like I was ripping them, ripping John off, but it came down to immediately letting you know you're watching a genre picture. Um, it also made the film feel a little safe, where you're like, oh, that was a close call. And then it's going to make you put your guard down. Um, mm-hmm. And then he did that to then later on reference the person wearing the, the Frankenstein mask as a tie-in where, you know, the creature under the mask. So you you had mentioned that. What what did you want to say about that? Well, no, just when they when they initially took off the mask of the kid or of the guy of the of guy, the, okay, that it was very obviously another mask underneath, and it wasn't it wasn't like they attempted to apply prosthetics and make it look real. It was very obviously a thin rubber mask that he was wearing because when he shook his head, the mask wobbled. Yeah, except it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to look like a mask, but it did look like a mask. The yes. second one. Yeah. Yes. It, it looked like it was a mask with no support underneath. You mm-hmm. know, like how you put on those thin rubber masks that they have at Halloween stores, and if you move a certain way, the mask will kind of like fold yeah. or buckle a little bit. And I can hear it. Like, I can hear that sound. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, it wobbled around. It didn't really have any support. It was like, eh, well, you could have done a little bit better than that. Yeah. Although I will say that the, the, they did make the effort to make the mask that he was wearing over that mask look like it was bulged out. So look like that that giant head did not fit in the mask because it, it wouldn't have had it been a real head. Yeah. Um so they at least they at least paid that much attention, but I mean I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of the mask underneath. Yeah. And it's weird cuz it's Rick Baker who of course went on to do a ton of big things. Mm-hmm. Um he's one of the the names of film makeup Obviously, this is early in his career. Uh, the mask on the outside, of course, was Frankenstein, which they had the rights to Frankenstein. So they're able to use that. What was the mask underneath? What was it? Yeah. It was just... The, it was, it was created It was created for the show. Although, it reminded me kind of the vampires from Halloween Horror Nights that they use sometimes. Although not with a split face. Yeah, um, see, I was thinking kind of Predator, actually. Yeah, it was a little predatory. It was kind of like... Um, well, let's we're kind of moving along here. Let's just do that. So the the freak slash monster, he was he had sharp pointy teeth. He was I believe he had a split head, mm-hmm. which they referenced earlier because it, you know it's a carnival, so they have the freak show, which which in one of the freak show tents, they have a um a uh, was a fetus. It? Yeah, it's a fetus, but they there's a special word like a bifurcated or I don't bifurcated. Know. Is that what it is? Either it's it's a, a baby with two heads. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's not the right word. I think it was really two faces, because I don't think the two heads actually fully separate. Yeah, yeah, so it's two faces. I think it was two faces. Um, but did you catch that, that the fetus was actually his brother? Yeah, yeah, because the guy, the, the father is like, 
like your brother. <laughs> yeah. So he's in a jar. The the teenagers being teenagers, you know, they sneak out to the thing and they're tapping on the jar briefly. And I'm like, oh, shit. And my thought, honestly, was that they were going to accidentally break it. And that that's why everyone was going to want to kill them. That but, dumbass cut his hand on it. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> why did you... Okay. It was a weird... That was a weird sequence. Because he... He cut his hand on the jar, which didn't look like you could cut your hand on it at all. Mm-hmm. And then told his friend that he... I thought he was just playing. He's like, oh, it bit me. And then he wiped blood on his friend's face. Yeah. Which you saw briefly. And then the next shot, it wasn't there anymore. Right. Well, and then it was completely inconsequential. It was a thing that they went out of their way to show that that was then forgotten about. It it had mm-hmm. absolutely no bearing whatsoever. And it was like, yeah. oh, okay, that was that was a wasted scene. Why did yeah, you could th- you could think this monster is going to be able to sniff the blood or something and, and be able to find him. Or yeah. the, the jar is going to get broken or he's going to be pissed off that someone is messing with his brother's fetus corpse. Not used at all. Yeah. It set the mood of, of weirdness. Um, so the... I was trying to figure this out while while watching this, because every horror movie I from this era we watch, I'm pretty much rooting for the bad guy. Like the the people, the victims in these movies are usually the worst people ever, and that's why I put the thing in the notes that was like, do horror movies actually work when the protagonists are like likable? Yes. Because like, there's always at least one. Like, what's Scream. her face? Yeah, Scream has some likable ones. Um, what's her face? The main girl from the main girl from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nancy. Nancy. I always like Nancy. So there's like always one from Halloween. Yeah, there's always one that I like, I guess, and then everyone else sucks. I guess they need to do that. Well, and and in this one, the the girl was the likable one. Yeah. The the twelve year old. Yes. Um. But. Not like the 30-year-old liked her because that's illegal. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, but there, there, there are a number of them. I mean, I, I think most horror movies actually have at least, if not multiple, at least one likable character. Yeah. Um, like Nev Campbell and Scream. Right, well, even um, Dewey. I mean, there, there, were, there were multiple yeah, in Scream. Um, in, in Halloween, I really think that that um, Laurie Strode was and the really kids. only the, the main character. Yeah, um, the kids, in, but they're they're just blank slates that are just right. there to not to hope that they don't die. And also in Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm not sure that the that the kids were douchebags either. The the kids that he kills, but that's also partly because they're really more throwaway characters because you don't really get to know them all that well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Freddy starts offing them pretty early, so you know you're 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 not really getting to know them all that much. I, I guess, mean. Tommy, yeah, Tommy, in uh, Friday the Thirteenth, he was the only really likable one. So, I, yeah, I kind of feel like you were comparing it to Friday the Thirteenth and saying that all of the movies were like Friday the Thirteenth, where they were all douchebags. But I, I, I think that I think that in most horror, in in order in order for a horror movie to actually pull it off, it's got to have characters that you care about that you mm-hmm. don't. Because otherwise, it's like, yeah, go get him, kill him, woo, all right, yay, bad guy wins. And that's why Tucker and Dale is good. That's why Tucker and Dale is good, because you care about the people that are kind of the killers. <laughs> so. Right. And nice. you care about the hillbillies. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's see here. So, as you said early on, the, the teenagers sneak out of the house to go no. to this well in the 80s they just left apparently did did every house have an outside ladder to the children's bedroom is that is that how that <laughs> like works a, like a trellis that goes yeah. all the way up the side of the house yeah, yeah like every house that, where the kids sneak out they all have trellises up to their windows that should be a lesson to any parent that you should not have a trellis up to your kid's window because they're gonna sneak out with it yep or their boyfriend is gonna sneak up Exactly. Yeah. Um, So they get out. They go to this thing that they were told not to go to because – and I I actually kind of liked the the little conversation about like the last time this carnival was in the next town over, they found two corpses and they had to use the dental records to to figure out who the bodies were. I was like, okay. 
that's good. Yeah, that gives you a little bit of suspense. Uh, set up. Yeah. They get to the carnival. They do carnival things. Uh, they... The funhouse itself... I kind of liked it. I would have had a good time on that ride. How big was that freaking funhouse, though? Yeah, it had like a million rooms. It had like the big gorilla room. It had like... I've never been to a carnival that had a funhouse that size. Yeah, that's true. Not a, not a traveling one. Right. And can I say that the creepiest thing about that whole funhouse was the non-working animatronic fat lady up front? Huh. Yeah. I thought it was the one uh, mannequin that's face was all crumbling away that they showed periodically. Mm-mm. No, it was, it, was the, it was the malfunctioning animatronic fat lady up front <laughs> with the weird laugh. And oh, yeah. And one eye that kind of... <laughs> like animatronics <laughs> like low-grade animatronics are terrifying they really are and i the usually i'm not a fan of b-roll in movies where they just get extra footage of just random stuff to kind of stick in between shots for this movie i liked it every it like worked. like every time they went through a sequence where they were showing a bunch of stuff i started writing down what it was i was like so it's like uh what did I say? Something about, uh, this looks like a Chuck E. Cheese from hell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and what was the deal with, uh, with what's her face? Like stopping and staring at everybody for like 30 seconds. Which one? The, the, the girl, the 12 year old. Yeah. Like every time she came up on a carny, she would stop and stare at him for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's all like, what are you looking at? Well, when they first get to the the carnival, like, they have this, like, random homeless-looking dude that, like, walks by him. And she, he looks like he's covered in chocolate syrup. And I forget what he Don't says. Don't the lady in the bathroom. Yeah. God's watching you. <laughs> Is that the one? Yeah. Who they run into again? There's, like, just straight-up carny people. It's... Yeah. And then she goes into the stall and hollers at the two girls from the stall, God is watching you! <laughs> like, okay, lady. They uh, they cut, actually, from the homeless dude to the, the boyfriend or whatever, and the boyfriend is wearing a members-only jacket. It was oh, awesome. With the little strappy things on the shoulder. I like, guess we are in the 80s. Mm-hmm. We convinced that Members only jackets were start, started being sold New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty, and they stopped selling them New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty nine, <laughs> or New Year's Eve, uh, nineteen ninety. Really? No, not really. But I just you know. Oh. Um, the overall carnival stuff was I thought was just good. It set the mood, like you said. It had the crazy people, and that's a Toby Hooper thing. I think mm-hmm. you know they always have someone. So like, let's see. They did it in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They had a hitchhiker that threw everyone off. Um, they did it in this one where they had just a couple of just random strangers. Did they do it in Poltergeist? Where someone random like strangers. someone like warned them about it? I don't know. Like something weird, like weird that sets you off guard before the actual movie kind of happens. I want to say I want to say that the. Um that there was a scene that I don't know that it was anybody other than the boss but if you remember when the boss and the husband were up on top of the hill looking out over the uh, the development yeah I think that was the scene where there was like a revelation yeah it's just, it's it's just a, a cool little thing it just it kind of sets you wobbling before the movie starts you know where you're seeing something that just isn't right and it really has nothing to do with the main story, but it lets you know that you should probably leave. Um, they they do their the teenagers do their crappy stuff and decide that they should stay in the funhouse so they can hook up. the bro- The little brother has made his way to the the funhouse, which we talked about, um, or to the the carnival. Um, the teenagers decide Almost to stay. Almost gets kidnapped on the way. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and they, while they're staying there, things start getting a little crazy, but not as crazy as I would have thought. Because this is when you start realizing that the the carnival barker, who is um 
dressed as Frankenstein, as we said, is not just wearing a mask. Well, technically wearing two masks, but we'll just pretend that he wasn't. But he's a little bit crazy, and he has brought in the fortune teller Mm -hmm. to pay money for some sexual favors. Mm Mm-hmm. Which our teenagers uh, get a chance to watch. <laughs> yeah, little voyeurs. Yeah, technically the teenagers were in the wrong here, really. Um, that's not really what caused all of this problem, but the uh, the actress that played that um, that character—I I don't have her name written down—but she was teller, you mean? the fortune teller. She so basically she's in there, and they kind of cut to the scene midway. She's and he like hands money to her, and she's like, "Nope, not enough." I'm like, huh? And he tries it again. Nope, not enough. So he hands her like a hundred bucks for you know some sort of sex thing. And he's crazy looking. He looks like a vampire version of sloth, kind of. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Okay, well let's get this do- let's get this over with." And yeah, he uh, prematurely ejaculates, and she's like, "Well, okay, that was it." And she goes to leave, um, and he gets enraged and kills the hell out of her. Yeah. Kills the shit out of her. Yeah. Which, by slamming her head in... Well, he's strangling her and slamming her head into a power supply box, which is causing all of the critters and creatures and animals and things to make noises and start moving around. Which I thought was actually good. I thought that, like, sequence was actually pretty good. At least the, the kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actress that I... I don't have the name, but she, she saw the dailies from that, and there was two things. He had directed her saying that I'm I'm trying to only shoot you in profile, so we need to see what you're doing, but of course we don't want to see exactly what you're doing. Not the kill, but the, you know, the, the handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she saw the, the shot afterwards, and she's like, did I just kill my career? <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently she was... Like, just a, a fun actress to work with and, like, was game for anything. So it was kind of, like, he said that, uh, Toby Hooper in that interview said that that she was, that he would, like, put her through hell just because she was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, they, the teenagers see this, this weird sex thing, see the murder. Um, and then the fun begins. Yeah. They, I think around this point, they, it, the movie kind of started looking like a Scooby-Doo episode. Other yeah. than the other, like where they're sneaking around with like a lighter and like yeah. kind of all in a row, like do, do, do. and they and they go from upstairs to downstairs to upstairs. I'm like, fucking pick one. What are you doing? Uh, the nerdy guy goes into the room with the dead body, and he's like, and like for like a second, they cut back, and he pops out of the room further down the hallway, and he's like, yeah, she's dead. Like, how did you figure that out that fast? <laughs> like if you if you think he didn't, that's not what he went in there for. Yeah, right. He just went in there to like to grab a boob. No, no, he went in there to steal the money. Oh, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, well, that's remember, uh, later on. He said, "Where, where is it?" Yeah, yeah. Later on, they found out the money was missing, and they knew he had it. Uh, and then he dropped his lighter down like a fucking tool. Um, also, shouldn't the fortune teller have known that she was going to get strangled that night? Just what well, you'd think. If she were any good, she would have. <laughs> yeah. Like, tell me my fortune. You will be strangled by a mutant in a room. Ah, maybe I shouldn't go into the mutant's room tonight. On a straw mattress. Yes. <laughs> uh, they... Yeah, like, the kid is moving around, the parents are moving around. Then there's, like, this random story that the nerd tells, which I thought was strange. I don't even remember it anymore, but, like, he starts telling a story like, in the middle of him being chased by people. I don't remember that part. He's like, yeah, it was, it was, re- it meant nothing. Like, he was like, oh, this reminds me of something, something, something. And then, the, right after that is when he gets killed. What, what I want to know is who the hell puts all these legit deadly weapons in a funhouse that people are just kind of like rolling past and can kill themselves with. Right? He had a straight up axe that I thought was a I thought was a plastic prop 
at the time. And I'm like, what happened to your switchblade, you dumbass? Pull out your actual knife. But then he implants the axe in his buddy's head. Right. It's like, oh, shit, that's a real axe? What? <laughs> like, yeah, I get that, okay, it's a horror movie, so things are going to be happening. But, like, there's really two types of people that are going through, like, fun houses. It's families with children, just, you know, for little bit of scares or and drunk bags or drunk ass douchebags yeah and neither of those things should have actual axes in robots hands well not just the axe but the sword that the guy got impaled yeah. on yep i was like what the who set this place up <laughs> this this is definitely an osha violation i i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's going on here or who's checking this shit but i don't know o- osha would have something to say about this <laughs> The, the inspector comes in and they're like, yeah, I, I think I saw that sword was real. And like, oh, that sword over there behind this funnel cake. Oh, I love funnel cakes. <laughs> oh, funnel cake. <laughs> but what about the axe over there? Oh, you mean the axe next to these deep fried Twinkies? <laughs> deep fried Twinkies? What? Where? Yeah. I don't know if uh, maybe OSHA doesn't go to carnivals. I've been to some carnivals that I, I don't think OSHA was there. Oh my god! I've been I, I've been to some carnivals and just looked at the ride operator and been like, "Nope." <laughs> he probably had a hand in putting this ride together. I think I'm good. I'm not. I'm not going to get on this ride. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm sorry to all of our carny listeners, but no, it it does not um, engender a feeling of safety or security. Seeing some of the people who are operating these rides. Yeah, like a Leonard Skinner shirt with, like, cut-off sleeves and, like, holding a tooth, holding a, a cigarette in their uh, one gap in their where their teeth should be. Mm-hmm. It's like the ashes all the way down. Yeah. I, I used to love the South Florida Fair for the carnies. Mm. We need to go to the carnival when it's here, too. The fair when it's here. Yeah. They do have a Central Florida one. Mm-hmm. Because I could go for some fair food. That's healthy. The uh, no, it's not. <laughs> That's the point. For some reason, I wrote, Joey loves fat chick statues. Except that autocorrected to Joey loves fart chick statues. I think it's because he... Oh, it's that long shot where he's looking at your favorite statue. Oh, the, the kid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point... So we've, we've lost our nerd... Their our we, friends are we being killed. Haunted. The nerd was was he already dead? Because I know that they kind of hung him and then pulled him up. They hung him and pulled him up, but I I think he was not dead yet. I'm not sure that he was dead at that point. Yeah, so he they, was they definitely dead after they implanted the axe in his head. Yeah, they they Tucker and Dale him basically. <laughs> they totally did. Um, oh, but the other thing I did notice about the guy in the mask, the 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 mutant, is I did like the constant stream of drool whenever there was women around. Yeah. Because when he was with the other girl, or the the fortune teller, he was drooling, and then he sees the blonde girl. Who we didn't really have to talk about because she was kind of just a, a blank character. Uh, she runs into him and she's like, "You like girls? I saw you like girls. Do you? Why don't you? I'll be nice to you. Will you hook up with me?" And then she stabs him. Um, in the back as she as he's like hugging and nibbling on her. Mm-hmm. And. She chose death instead. Yeah, pretty much. And and there's there's someone else in the room. Oh, is it the other girl that's there? No, there was there was she fell through a hole and woke up in like a a a sea duct or something. Okay, you're talking about the blonde girl, right? Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah. She fell through a hole and woke up in the AC duct, and he was down there with her, and she was by herself. The trap yeah. door opened and then closed, and they were stuck upstairs. Yeah. And she was underneath. And so she did some damage, but she she gets the end. Oh, this is the part where I was talking. Um, the the mutant's father, when he starts attacking them, mm-hmm. they, the other girl, there's someone just standing there not doing anything. So it's, they're, they're tussling. I think the, the jockey guy, Buzz, or whatever his name is, good jock name, Buzz, is there fighting with them. And she's standing there, and there's an axe laying there. And the the old guy is, has his back to her. I'm like, hit him with the axe. <laughs> Don't just watch. Because it was right when he pulled out the gun at them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I always wondered that. Like, 
your boyfriend and this guy is fighting. You're standing there watching, and there's the weapon that was dropped. Get involved, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, just help. a little bit. <sighs> and and there were there were other scenes that didn't make sense to me as well. I was like, there was that scene where he came. I, I think it was the scene where her the the jock's body came out in the clown's arms. Yeah, in the clown's arms, and she stood there and stared at it. And then, like all of the background noise disappeared, and you heard the clinking of the chandelier that was hanging up above him. Mm-hmm. And she stared at the chandelier. For a good fifteen seconds, and you heard the clink, 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 clink of the of the glass beads of the chandelier, clink, 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 and then she turned around and ran off. And I'm like, "The hell was that?" Well, I, yeah, I was, was wondering about the chandelier. That I don't, I, I was did it not fall? get it. Was it fall? Yeah, like I was like, "Is the guy up there? Is he gonna jump down? Is he gonna fall on her?" Yeah, it was weird. Like, like they 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 did an extended shot of it, and then it was nothing. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. There's like okay. those weird like movie rules that if you show something for a certain amount of time, it needs to pay off. Or like if someone in a movie is talking and they cough, you know that it's going to come out that they're sick later on because mm-hmm. no one ever just coughs in a movie. It has to be part of the the story. Um. So and yeah, there were like, so many throwaway scenes in this movie. Yeah, scenes that ab- that had absolutely no bearing or payoff, and it was still movie. a short movie. At all. Relatively yeah, short. yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm just looking at my notes, and I'm like, "Are you, are you?" Because it, it just just going from one scene to the next, I'm like, "What?" Because I asked, I'm like, "Does she have a stroke?" She's just staring at the guy. <laughs> and then, and then my next comment is, "Jesus, she just stares at people." <laughs> she because of her weird staring thing. I thought they were going to do some sort of twist where she like decided to join the cir- the circus, right? But she there would have been that would have been a big twist because she was actually likable and did nothing really mm-hmm. wrong throughout the movie. Uh, I, I somehow three notes later. Why does she keep staring at people? <laughs> right. There, I didn't really mention it, but this first a carnival that was like your typical family friendly carnival with. You have teenagers and kids and families running around. There was the very weird girls, girls, girls tent right in the middle with, like, burlesque shows going on. And I think that was just so they could have more nudity in the movie. Oh, yeah. And, like, the people in there, like, looked legitimately like nasty dudes that were like, yeah. And, like, these, this guy is supposed to be on a first date with the girl. And then there's the other blonde girl and the guy that is way too nerdy for her. And they decide to go cut a hole in the back of the girls, girls, girls tent on their date to to oogle other girls. So that they can look. I'm like... Really? And the girl's like, well, what do you see? He's like, oh, you're not going to like it. Then maybe you don't do it? Yeah. I mean, I, you've already done enough things. That, well, but, uh, I mean, his introduction to us was when he came to pick her up at the house, he pulled up and just honked until she came out the door. At 9 I'm o'clock like, at night. Yeah, I'm like... All right, douche, how about you get out and go to the door? He just pulls up and honk, 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 I'm like, what the fuck? In his defense, in his defense, my first date with my wife, I called her from my cell phone because I didn't know her yet. It was a blind date. Well, you know this, but... And I didn't know if she was wanted me to know where her apartment was. So I called her, and then I was overthinking as she was walking down the stairs. So I turned off my car headlights so I wouldn't blind her. Mm-hmm. That was parked right in front of the stairs. And she couldn't find me. <laughs> and she's like, you could have come up to the door. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know. Like, I overthought everything. And mm-hmm. It turned out okay, but... Obviously. You know, yeah. Well, for me, at least. She might have some regrets. <laughs> <laughs> She's got some regrets. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's. Uh, so there, yeah, weird sex show in the middle. I thought that was very strange. Although, you know, horror movie, they always have to throw that stuff in there. Um, the <laughs> last movie uh, we men- made comment of the fact that Jennifer Aniston was wearing LA gears. Uh, this movie has someone that gets caught in some gears. So. It does. And and as soon as she got down into that room, I'm like, oh, somebody's going into those gears. Mm-hmm. Because they were, like, right at waist height, 
and she was hiding behind it with her eyes like level with the gears i'm like oh all right so if you die it's gonna be because he pushed your head into those gears and that's how this movie's gonna end but what's probably gonna happen is the villain's gonna go through those gears yep and sure enough later on they uh they showed a ladder go through it and i'm like i didn't need that foreshadowing i know what's gonna happen somebody's going through those gears yeah well but the thing that i didn't get was they have this weird like hook system down there i have no idea what the hell it was for it it did absolutely nothing other than it it was like a meat hook system that just kind of like went all the way around the room right yeah like was was it it to wrap up the fun house before they went on the road again or what like well but no it was on a moving chain the the chain had hooks and shit that just kind of like circled around the room i'm like what the the hell is this are they what, storing meat down here? The, well, the interesting thing was is the it seemed like the killer was more of a passive killer. Like all the other ones, there's like this backstory, or whatever. This one just gets killed when he gets annoyed with somebody. Like he's perfectly fine when he's out there doing his carnival barking thing. But oh, you know, I was gonna say no, he is not a passive killer. Like, but I, I get what you're saying. I Meaning, like no. he's not. He he's not hunting people. All those people. But yeah, right, no, he's, like he's, he's not hunting people. Unless there's something that he... Like, he's trying to achieve something. He doesn't want to get caught for killing. Right. He, Crime of passion. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. It's not like... Because you know, there are moments where he's not being a killer, and he has every... Well, not really every ability, but he's around other people. Which is very different than our typical, like... Uh, we're going to a camp, and there's already a killer here that's going to kill whoever shows up. Right. Well, but I was just saying, because when you say passive killer, it makes it sound like he actually leads them into somewhere where they kind of kill themselves. Yeah. And that's not actually what happened. Yeah. He actually kills these people. Uh, Cuts them up, chokes them, does whatever. The kill count of this movie, speaking of killing. Am I taking a guess? Uh, Yes. I'm going to say one, two, three, four, five... Six. Boom. Madam Zena, mm-hmm. electrocuted. one. And, and of, well, technically, there's two other ones that they just talk about, but it doesn't happen in the movie. But right. Madam Zena, electrocuted against some elect- animatronics mm-hmm. by Gunther Twybunt. I guess Gunther's the monster. Uh, Twybunt? Yeah. Twybunt, Richard, really? Yeah. Wow. Richard Atterbury, he was hanged and then accidentally axed in the head by Buzz. Mm-hmm. Liz Duncan was torn apart by Gunther. Mm-hmm. Conrad Straker was impaled on a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buzz Dawson stabbed off screen by Gunther, and then Gunther was crushed to death by Gears. Yep. Boom! Mm. Kill counts weren't very high in the early 80s horror movies. They really raised the level about mid-80s, I think. The uh, movie was filmed in Miami. It was. I saw was, that at the end. I was like, at oh, the end, shit. So The entire movie was filmed in Miami, um, which was a big deal. Because and they filmed it in Miami because of SAG rules in Los Angeles, because they couldn't have a minor uh, working during the night. I mean, they needed to get that little brother there to look at his sister in the shower, I guess. Well, the the carnival scene was at night too. The, yeah. the scene, that, our favorite scene in the movie, the, yeah. the just the aerial shot. Yeah, exactly. Was at night. So, it's fine. Yeah, it says basically this is what they said about it. You can't work a minor during the night, but on the East Coast, that's fine. It was one of the hurdles, and when we went to Florida, we used the the old Ivan Tour Studios where they filmed Flipper. Oh. Yeah. Well. Very nice. The, uh, let's see here what else I got from this. Uh, the end of the movie, of course, the girl wins. She kills, She puts the guy through some gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the moment where she kind of took a moment to pause and reflect on the fact that her friends were dead. A lot of times the movie, like, ends and the girl's so excited that she survived that they, they don't really show any sort of emotion, but there was, there were some tears, so I thought that was good. Um, when uh, the dude was caught in the gears, the scream was annoying as shit, and I could not wait for him to be dead. Oh, my God. I'm like, please, please, enough. Yeah. And he thrashed about... And they very obviously moved the gears so that he could stand between them. Yes, true, true. Um, I am looking at the business here. The movie had a uh, under a million dollar budget, 
Um, uh, if it hit number two, it probably did a decent, decent return. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the the box office, and this is 1981 money, was uh, 7.8 million dollars. Oh, nice. Um, the and the budget was like I think 750 thousand or something along those lines. I saw it somewhere and I couldn't find it again. Uh, some of the, it's weird. Some of these old movies, like the budget is was them just pulling money from their friends and all that. Uh, Toby Hooper, which of, who of course I said did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he then did Salem's Lot. Uh, TCM was uh, 1974. Then he did Salem's Lot, which was was uh, highly regarded. It was, a, I believe, a TV, TV movie. And then this movie. And in, while doing this movie is when he got the job for Poltergeist. Because, you know, the, this movie is... It's a horror movie, but it's not a slasher movie. And there's there actually is some suspense. Dated now, I think. But um, I think that it... You could see why they would be like, yeah, you could probably pull off a Poltergeist movie based on this um it's opening weekend it made two million seven hundred sixty five thousand four fifty six then grossed a total of seven million uh it was what was it going up against let's see when this movie was released in the theater it was going up against maniac which we saw in the theater we well we saw it at the end scene yeah yeah uh modern romance albert brooks movie i'm trying to pick the movies that you might know the uh postman always rings twice in seminoid i don't know what that is but yeah i'm probably gonna have to watch it in seminoid yes it's spelled like insemination by the way eyes of the stranger and thief and then the uh soon thereafter was the um alice in wonderland re-release by the animation one so that was that was the movies it had to go up against and of course our the music it was up against. Uh, where is that billboard? This seems like this song was like popular for the entire early eighties. Nine to five, Dolly Parton. Uh, Nine to five, Dolly Parton. Keep on loving you, Rario Speedwagon. Woman by John Lennon. I think John Lennon had died recently. Uh, the best of times. I love a rainy night. Go ahead, sing. I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night. Uh, Crying by Don McLean, Rapture by Blondie, uh, Celebration by Cole and the Gang was number 10, and Hello Again by Neil Diamond, which I have sung on this show. Hello again, hello. Love that song. Uh, Historically... Is it me you're looking for? No, not that one. Yeah, that one. No, wait, oh no, that's the, uh, yeah, that was the Lionel Richie one, yeah. I like that song too, actually. Uh, the other big things that happened around this time, and there was not a lot of information on this particular day exactly, but Ronald Reagan was shot about a week later. Uh, yeah, there's really not a lot. Uh, just a lot of, like, because of the NCAA thing, there's a lot of, like, basketball stuff. That anything else you want to say about no, this? No, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, it's, it's, um, oh, remake, revival, or rest in peace. I'm gonna go revival. I had a good time with this movie. I, I definitely think this. It's movie very. Can... It's very dated. Oh, it's it's very dated. But it but it it works for the time period that it was in. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, I I think you'd encounter various other problems with the advent of cell phones and various other modern electronic appliances and whatnot. They try but... to go too much. First of all, they would make try to make it teen friendly, so it would be a PG thirteen. The the. Part of the the charm of this movie is how creepy the funhouse is on its own because it's low budget. Right. They would try to make it look like Five Nights at Freddy's or something right. where it's like digital recreations of things. And I, yeah, I just I, I would actually I would have loved to see this at something like the Enzian. I think that would be so much fun. Oh, that would be awesome. So, well, am I saying it's the best movie ever? No. Is it very dated? No. Yeah. Is Extremely like, dated, but it's a good time. And it's something that you could sit down and watch with your friends and have a good time with. Yeah. Uh, I would long. definitely recommend it for a movie night with some friends. Yeah. And that uh, that thing that uh, listener and patron, Scott, 
sent to us about <laughs> picking bets on who's going to die. Mm. That little uh, thing. That would be. That would. There's not enough people in this movie, but that would have been fun. So, yeah. I thought the jock guy was going to go first. Honestly, I knew it was. I well, I mean, I knew it was going to be the nerd. I just had that feeling because mm-hmm. he seemed so in, like inconsequential and annoying. And what was he doing with that blonde girl? <laughs> I don't know. So, that leads us to our our question. It does. And what is our question? Uh, you know, let's. So, our question of the week. Now, of course, we have a Patreon. We do. And our patrons get to actually answer the question of the week and get to know what it is beforehand. Uh, because this movie was a little bit weird, it was hard finding a question that we haven't actually asked before. So, it took me a while to get it out there. Um, so, I apologize to them. Uh, but You're a terrible person. Yeah, so our, our Patreon. If you guys want to be a part of the show and answer our question and be part of our chat and uh, get early access to the movie so you can maybe watch it, um, you know, you if you want to do any of those things, you can join our Patreon. Give me uh, patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Uh, there's higher rangers where you get show notes, you get to curate episodes, you get to join us sometimes, all of that stuff. Um, and we'd like to thank our patron of distinguished size i always fuck that up i'm gonna fuck it up forever our <laughs> distinguished of unusual size yes thank you thank you alec very much and all of you guys thank you out there for uh helping the show uh grow and uh you know be yes. fun so anyway our question of the week because this movie in fact takes place in a carnival or i'll say theme park just because of where we live movies that take place in carnivals or theme parks. Mm. Yeah. Or that have like scenes in carnivals. Yeah, or have a or have scenes and that's that is also a big one. Um I'm gonna actually I, if I can do it because I got as we were recording, I got a voicemail. Ooh. So I'm just gonna see if I can actually play it. Because we because yeah, we have a we don't have the system available to actually play it right through the computer at the moment, so I'm going to go ahead and hit play and see what happens. Hey, Give Me Five Podcast. Uh, top five carnivals or movies that take place in carnivals or theme parks. Um, my list, uh, honorable mentions, I included Westworld, the TV show. I haven't really seen the movie, but the TV show I thought of, and also Toy Story 4 has a little bit that takes place in a carnival. Uh, now for the top five. Number five, it's been a while since I've been able to mention this franchise, so this is always fun. Jaws 3D. Uh, number four, National Lampoon Vacation. Number three, this is a kind of a high placement for this movie, which isn't very good, but I kind of like the theme park element too, and that's Beverly Hills Cop 3. Uh, number two is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, when Napoleon goes to the water park. And then number one, I guess it's kind of the obvious answer, Jurassic Park. That's my top five. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Nice. There's some the, I, excellent. I had forgotten about Bill and Ted on the water park. Yeah, uh, there was that. Um, there was actually. I thought this was gonna be those list where everyone was gonna sort of kind of get the same ones, but I think there's. He pointed out a bunch that I'd forgotten about. Um, so I guess I'll go. Uh, I'm gonna go, go do one honorable mention. That's a spe- uh, kind of a special one. And that okay. is Escape from Tomorrow. Have you heard? Have you heard about Escape from Tomorrow? I know you would. Of all people, would probably know about that. It sounds familiar. You're gonna have to give me a little more info. It was a movie shot at Disney, without Disney knowing about it. So it was like some guy decided to shoot a movie at I think Disneyland, and so he shot the whole movie there and edited it and did all sorts of stuff, but Disney was not hadn't signed off on it, and they were not super thrilled about it. I tried to watch it. It's very hard to watch, but it is like hard because it's the the quality, or hard because the story isn't there, you, or hard. Did you ever see the it's... movie Pie, the black and white movie that was done by Requiem for a Dream? It, it, it's like just is black and white and like sweaty and close and. I don't know. It was probably when I was watching it. It was very late at night. I was. I'm like, oh, I heard about this. I put it on, but I I couldn't get too deep into it. I should probably 
look at it when I'm not half asleep. Mm. Anyway, um, let's see. The uh, so that's uh, honorable mention. Escape from is Escape from Tomorrow. Um, I'm going to then go. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. I'm gonna do. I have my list out here, but I didn't actually number it. <laughs> Whoops. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, so I'm gonna do Freaks, which was the the early. Uh, also black and white movie with the actual freak show, like real life freak show. And that's where the one of us, one of us chant comes from. Uh, the movie, the jerk, because even though the whole thing doesn't take place in a carnival, I did watch the couple scenes today, like the, the weight guessing scene and him, uh, meeting the biker chick at the carnival. Uh, and I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It just made me laugh. So that's going there. Uh, that's my number four. Number three, National Lampoon's Vacation mm-hmm. with Wally World. Number two, Zombieland, because mm-hmm. it has a major scene at the end of the movie. It takes place in a carnival, and it's just fun, and you can't think of Zombieland without thinking of the logo that looks like a carnival and just the, you know, the that little machine that goes, or the ride that goes up and down. Mm-hmm. My number one, it's going to have to be this one because... It's probably not really anyone else's number one, but it is Adventureland because that movie was filmed at Kennywood, and I have been there probably not hundreds of times, but 20, 30 times because that was right near my house in Pittsburgh. And watching that movie is like going back in time for me. So, because it it's, it's takes place in the 80s. Excellent. One of the major scenes is um, the Ryan Reynolds being hit on while he runs this like shooting gallery game that I used to play all the time. Mm hmm. Um, so that would be my, that would be my favorite. Nice. Um, I'll go ahead and give you mine. I do have two honorable mentions and I'm putting them in honorable mention because even though you said we could include circus, um, it wasn't, it wasn't part of the original, the original. Actually, I I did say that in the chat, but then I immediately deleted it when I realized how many there actually were that didn't need to have circuses, but. So, so my. My honorable mentions are going to be The Greatest Showman, which is a really great movie, even if it even if it does um, uh, portray Barnum in a uh, good light when he really was not such a great person. It sparkles him up a little. Yeah, or a lot. Um, <laughs> the Greatest Showman and Dumbo both take place at a circus. Yep. My number five is going to be Adventureland. I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, but it was it was a decent movie. So my my number five is Adventureland. My number four is going to be Something Wicked This Way Comes. I still remember seeing that as a kid, and the the scene that really sticks out in my head is the one where the bad guy breaks the old guy's uh, wrists. He like folds them back, and then they you you see the breaking and everything. And for a Disney movie, I was like, what? <laughs> so Something Wicked This Way Comes at number four. At number three, I've got. Toy Story 4. I'd forgotten about that one completely. Yeah. It, it's one of my favorite Toy Stories. It, it, it rivals number one for one of my for my favorite. Wow. At number two, I've got Zombieland. And at number one, Alec had it right. You can't have a list like this without having Jurassic Park on there. I, I didn't have Jurassic Park I know you Park didn't, on and you are wrong, sir. I put it... It was... Uh, the two that just got bumped out were f- the Funhouse and then Jurassic Park were my. That would have been five and six. Mm. I actually forgot about Jurassic Park until the very end because I don't. It's weird because I don't think of it as much of a theme park, even though yes, it is. <laughs> like, totally is. So. I mean, they have a gift shop and everything. Yeah. Right. I was thinking of it as a resort. I'm wrong, but it, my my head goes resort. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. How can people yell at us? How can people tell me I'm wrong? Well, if you want to yell at Greg and tell him that he's wrong, you can email us directly. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can shout at us on Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the give me five podcast, or you can go directly to our website and leave nasty messages for Greg. Give me five podcast.com. And as always, guys, that is spelled out F-I-V-E, not the number five. 
And please, whenever you whenever you listen to one of our episodes, leave us a review. Uh, it helps other people find us. It, it helps us move to the top of the charts when you leave us a review. And it generally makes us feel good. And I like feeling good. I do, too. Where can they get sweet stuff from us, Greg? Well, you can rummage through Rob and my underwear drawer for sweet... No, that's not at all what you can do. Oh, you totally can. <laughs> Kidme5podcast.threadless.com. We've got swag. Uh, if you listen to our Side A episode, we're going to be talking about Blockbuster, and we have a Blockbuster-themed shirt. We do. Because it's pretty sweet. Because two of us worked for Blockbuster. Dude, I was totally looking through my closet, because I know I had my Blockbuster shirt still, and I don't know where it is. I don't know where mine is either. I think I might have gotten... Well, I don't think I got rid of it. I think it was left at home when I went to college, and it got gotten rid of. I wish I still had that. I'm sure I could find one on eBay, but that's kind of gross. Um, Wash it. I mean, you don't... Yeah. True. But either way, yeah, check out our, th- our Threadless page. We have a bunch of awesome shirts and, and fun designs. I mean, there'll be some more designs coming. Uh, as soon as I get a chance to do them, but we'll, we will let you know when that happens. So that is giveme5podcast.threadless.com. Thank you for joining us, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, and watch out for clowns. To a time where winners and